Brent Cowie and John Harjo had a bit of a dilemma around the year 2000. Okay, it was more of a terrifying realization. Athletes and reporters who looked like they did and had similar names as them, they weren't represented in the national media. Go ahead and try and find lists of Native American athletes in the year 2000, and you'll find a vacant abyss. I know, because Brent Cowie and John Harjo did just that. And when they found an absence of Native American representation, they did something about it. And that's how Indian sports began. Um, I, I want to talk about the website and, you know, how successful it's been, but also, I guess, just the, the start of it. Um, I think it started, you know, in, in 2000, if that's correct. Um, how did it come about? You know, what was, what was the impetus behind it? John. Oh, an accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an accident. That's John um, Harjo, a co-founder of the site. Brent was going to school in Missouri, and it was a school that Brent had gone to, but he had transferred to a different school for a different program for uh, – computer information systems, which our school didn't have. And he would visit often. His wife was from Lawrence where I was going to school. So they would come back all the time. And the original, original, original idea kind of came from a paper that I had to do. And I had asked Brent about it and to see if he uh, could help with some information. And I chose to write a paper on Native American athletes. Hmm. Now at the time, the internet wasn't anything what it is now, but all I could find was Billy Mills and Jim Thorpe, nothing against Billy Mills or Jim Thorpe, two tremendous, tremendous athletes, both gold medalists in the Olympics, but that was it. But we had friends that we knew that were playing ball and doing other things in college and professionally. Um, Kaiwan Supernaw about that time was playing football at, at the university of Indiana. And he had signed as a free agent with the Detroit Lions. And uh, Lila Osceola was the other one that comes to mind. She was the leading scorer in the WAC when TU was in the WAC. She was playing for the University of Tulsa. So we can, that's how we kind of came up with the idea of let's try and find something to profile all these people that we – I mean, those are just people that we knew, but nobody else knew them. Nobody, I mean, our friends, and obviously their own friends knew them, but nobody knew that they were Native American athletes. And we, we started looking up names. Brent actually found a place where you could register names for free. So we, we actually went on a spree where we had a bunch of domain names. We were going to try and do some different things. We probably had way too many. But the original, we looked up indiansports.com, I-N-D-I-A-N sports.com. And it was already taken, and it was nothing but cricket. The whole website was dedicated to cricket. Okay. Of course, to him and I, we're like, what is this? And then we just, NDN, it doesn't stand for anything, uh, but it's just kind of a slang term that's used in our community. And that's really how it came up. Brent registered it, and we sat there, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do now? We know what we want to do, but what are we going to do now? That's that's beautiful. Um, and I guess you know, yeah, you, you're sitting in front of this this you know wide big hole of opportunity. You have this website, you know, uh, where do you go from there? Like, you know, how did you kick it off? Then, you know, you have in the NDN Sports, you know, IndianSports dot com. You know, how what what was next? What well, well, what was next was 
my piece of it, which was the technology side of it. That's Brent Colley, um, the designer and co-founder of NDN Sports. John and I went to, um, it was called Haskell Indian Nations University in Lawrence, Kansas. And uh, there's over 150 different tribal um, Native American tribes that uh, attend school here. Um, and so my piece of it was to build the websites. And like John said, I spent my first two years there in computer information systems. And I think it was about, uh, not to date myself here, but I am, I think it was about 95. Um, I started tinkering around in the computer labs uh, with my Mosaic browser, <laughs> browser and Netscape 1.1. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was the, that was the internet. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And, you know, and even then we were using a system called Lynx as well, which brought up pictures, you know. Um, but fast forward a little bit with that, um, there was someone in the computer lab that was started tinkering with actually doing websites. And I'm like, how did you do that? You have to show me how to do that. And of course, that was HTML back in the day. Um, so, you know, so I was tinkering in the lab and got familiar enough with it to where it's like, you know, I think I can actually do a website. And so I, after I graduated there, I transferred to Missouri and got in my computer information systems program and got um, experience with a, a lot of my classmates where we were just doing all kinds of programming and stuff like that. And my interest is more in web programming and stuff like that. So by the time I was in college there and John's ideal came, I mean, it was just the perfect opportunity for me to okay, I have these new skills now, how do I do it? You know, and then John had the ideal, the ideal, and, you know, we, he came up with the name and, and for, like he said, and so, so I started the piece of, okay, let's, let's work on some designs. Let's work on, I think if you go back to the internet way back machine, you can see some of our, um, our design progressions over the years and stuff like that. And so, you know, we came up with the design and, and, you know, like I said, I was coming back every other weekend and we would sit together at the computer, AOL dial up internet and, uh, you know, try to figure out, you know, hey, you know, you know, he was looking, he was like, look at sports, you know, ESPN or look at Fox Sports or, and stuff like that. So I was like, man, that's really complicated. Let's, let's start something simple first. And, and so, so we started with the first design and we got it. We liked it. We both loved it. And we looked at each other and realized we got no content. <laughs> The computer lab they used to design the website wasn't as sophisticated as you might like, but that was only half the problem. The biggest obstacle was finding these athletes, sifting through the proverbial haystack. And so, okay, so now the next piece to that was after we got the, the website kind of, the framework kind of built, we're like, well, how are we going to do this? And we're like, well, we got to start finding athletes. So, um, Again, going to school at Haskell Indian Nations University, where we met kids from all across every reservation in the United States, uh, we simply just started, hey, do you have any relatives? Uh, and I think an early discussion we had, not to belabor or not to make this drag out, but, you know, what was it going to be our focus? You know, we had a discussion of, you know, high school athletes, college athletes, professional athletes, do we want to do it all? And, and, you know, we had the discussion of like, it was just going to be impossible to do every Native American high school athlete there was, because it's probably in the two, 300,000 range. And we're like, well, let's focus on the athletes that are in the news, in the media, 
um, professional and college um, athletes and stuff. So that was kind of our first focus was professional and college athletes. So we asked a lot of our classmates if they knew people from their reservations. And, and then we did just plain old detective work too. I mean, when you go to, uh, I mean, I assume you have a, a, a multicultural background and, um, I, and, you know, you look at your last name and, you know, well, the same with Native Americans, um, certain last names come from certain tribes. And so we used to scroll the uh, colleges from those areas for those last names. Yeah. Every roster, boy and girl, like for Navajo, they say, you know, Begay is a common last name. So any college within, you know, driving distance of the Navajo reservation, we started going through the rosters on their websites and say, oh, look, here's one, you know, here's one and so on and so forth. So the early years was just really kind of just figuring everything out. Like you said, where do we go? It's like, okay, John was uh, an environmental science major at the time. And like I said, I was a computer information system at the time. Neither, neither of us was journalists and the only writing we had done was for homework <laughs> uh, and papers. So, so we had to figure out how to be journalists and we had to figure out- I'm not out, even sure I did that. Yeah. Throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. And we had to figure out, you know, how do we become sports writers? How do we become sports journalists and, and, and all that stuff? So, so in the beginning, it was really just kind of learning about what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, and then pulling it off and then integrating that into the website. And then the, the piece after that, I don't think it was until a few months after we had started it, we felt comfortable enough to say, go to this website to people. And we started getting it out there. And so we left our contact information on there. And actually, it was the same. If you go to our About Us page, it was the same for 19 and a half years. I finally updated about three months ago. But it was the same About Us page for the whole 19 years. <laughs> Up until about six months ago, I finally changed it a little. But essentially, what, that's kind of how everything started. And like yeah, everything, everything, yeah, everything on there is still true. I mean, John has a career. I have a career. Uh, it's not something we do full time. It's something we do part time. Obviously, the uh, invention of technology has gotten better over the past 20 years. So it allows us to not have to be so because um, in those early days, I mean, we were putting a lot of time into it, you know, eight, 10, 12 hour days just trying to get it going and keep it going and stuff like that. So it was it was a painstaking process to get it off the ground, like any type of startup you're trying to get off the ground. But, you know, for us, it was like creating a whole new medium for Indian country because there wasn't a lot of news for uh, Native Americans on the internet back at the time. You had all these newspapers, but you didn't have any, uh, a lot of them didn't have websites. And I guess, um, you know, how has it shifted, um, you know, 20 years now? Like you said, you guys both still have jobs. Um, what what you, what do you guys do? What's your day job? Um, but what are the demands now, as far as writing, uh, <coughs> content production, and things like that? Um, how is that different? Well, I, I I think what's different now is the fact that you know we're twenty in, we're twenty years into this, and we learned how to integrate it with our daily lifestyles. You know, it's something where we still have jobs, we still have families, we still you know John volunteer coaches i used to volunteer coach you know still take my kids to the movies wives out to eat <laughs> you know we still do all those daily things but now with use of technology we don't have to put as much time into it you know um, to get that information because we built it over the years mm -hmm. you know it's like i said in my in my in my uh, 
op-ed on our website, you know, that movie, uh, Field of Dreams, where he hears that if you build it, they will come. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we built it and now people come to us. And so that's what's the great, the great thing about it is people come to us with the information now where we don't have to go out and find it. People are in our social media inboxes, they're in our emails. Um, people reach out um, through other people that we know and, and they share information that way as well. So, so we have a lot of information that come in, that comes in and then we keep track of it, um, for whether it's college professional and, and uh, we kind of have like a list of people uh, that we kind of keep track of and stuff like that. And like I said, and we use technology to help us do that as well. So it doesn't take up a lot of our time um, like it used to in the early days, um, but we do keep it going. And as far as the writing, um, I think it was about, I want to say about seven years ago, um, we started talking about, you know, we can't do this forever, you know, and it's a great resource and it's a great opportunity for someone. So uh, we started taking in college interns and, you know, and that was huge for us because that's something we didn't, we had never done before again, but, you know, we're going to fumble along the way and, and get it going. So we brought in some young writers and photographers and, and um, kind of molded them a little bit. A lot of them, some of them had talent already. We were just giving them an outlet to, to expose that talent. And, you know, one of them was Tyler Jones. Um, he started here, he started at, uh, with us for a few years and got his degree um, at the University of Kansas. And now he has his own podcast and radio show. And, and uh, from time to time, he'll, he'll still um, correspond for us whenever he's out on the road covering athletes and like that and stuff. And then photographers, um, photographers are huge for us because, you know, we live in a visual world now with social media and if, if we don't have the right picture. I mean, you could have, Shakespeare writes something, but no one's going to read the story if it doesn't have the right picture, you know? Uh, so we focus a lot on, on making sure we have the right picture that uh, sells the story and stuff like that. I see a lot of media outlets put zero time into figuring the right angle on a sports photo. They just say, send the guy to get a picture at a game. And, and it's like, it's like you, I have, if you're scrolling across your screen, I have one point seven point eight seconds to get your attention. And if that action photo isn't, isn't grabbing your attention, then it's, it, it didn't do its job. So we spend a lot of time making sure when we get photos, we're getting the right angles, we're getting the right looks. I mean, we watch games of the athletes sometimes to say, that's the play I want. This is what they like to do. This is when they do it. Let's get that shot. And so we spend a lot of time, you know, when it comes to photography, probably a lot more than we do on the writing to make sure that um, we get the right picture that sells the story or sells the, the social media story as well. So, but that's kind of where we're at now. Um, John has his career. Like I said, I have my career, I have my family. Um, and, you know, moving forward, you know, we would like to see it grow and continue to grow. And, and we don't know where that's going to be, but it'll be something that John and I, uh, you know, take on as a challenge because everything about we, Indian sport has been a challenge from day one. So we're used to it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I saw an article, I think it was 2016 that you guys were pulling in, I think 3 million views per month. Um, what, um, where's the website now, as far as, you know, views and, and things of that nature. Um, and when was, did you, did you both ever have like 
that moment where you're like, oh, we're on to something. You know, how early on was it where it's like, oh, it's resonating with people. Um, well, yeah, back in, in the very beginning, the very, very <laughs> okay. beginning, what made us famous was not sports. Ever since I started out, people have been asking me for advice on all kinds of things. But in covering sports, it's usually about who's going to win and what team they should bet on. You got the Patriots or 49ers this week, Bucks or Raiders. Well, the best piece of advice I can give to anyone is where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. It's why I always tell people to visit my bookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action? Check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all your betting needs. MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting, making sure you're covered every step of the way. And congrats if you're one of the ones to cash in on the generous early season odds on the Lakers to win the NBA championship. Sign up at MyBookie today. And when you do, use our promo code FUEGO to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in $200, they'll spot you another $100 to play with. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code FUEGO. That's FUEGO. F-U-E-G-O. So you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more await you. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. There are moments when you start something, moments that keep you going. For Indian sports, oddly enough, it had nothing to do with sports. It had everything to do with community. It was not, I say famous, what made us popular right. was not sports. What we did is Brent had found this message board. He goes, hey, I can, I can put this message board on the website and we'll get people talking to us and we'll get We'll get people sending us information and, and and it didn't become that. What it became was all these different people from these different states. He's laughing. Look at it. <laughs> they use our message board as their primary source of entertainment before MySpace, before Facebook, before any of this. We were their outlet. We were their meeting place. I'm pretty sure we have people that got married because they met on the Indian sports message board. And I still remember people's handles and they'll tell me them when they, when I meet them, they're like, Oh man, I used to be on the message board. I was so-and-so. I was like, no way. I remember you. And we're still <laughs> friends. We're friends with some of those people now. Yeah. Like I, they're, Jenny and Liz are both from Minnesota and I needed a, I needed a football player from Minnesota for this other thing that I was doing uh, through the seven G foundation. And we were taking high school kids and creating just kind of a an all, not necessarily an all-American group of football players, but a, a good group of good kids, good ball players, good citizens, good people. And we were selecting them to go to the Pro Bowl, to watch the Pro Bowl. Nothing, if nothing else, more than uh, kind of a reward for being a good human. Mm -hmm. And 
the NFL had said that we want somebody from this area because of the Vikings market that they have. And I asked Jenny and Liz and Jenny got back to me and I found the greatest kid you could ever imagine. He's in medical school now, uh, finishing up at the university of Minnesota, but because of those ties, because of those connections that we made back then, we still have those today. And, and people at the drop of a hat, <coughs> sorry, it's probably the Rona. <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, that message board was something that kind of grew, you know, uh, you know, because back then you think about the Microsoft chat rooms and stuff like that. That was big in 99, 98, 2000 and stuff like that. AOL chat rooms and stuff like that. You know, message board for us, like I said, was initially just to be, okay, let's talk about sports. Let's hear some names of athletes and then like John said, it kind of grew out of control where we had different, it was, it was kind of the medium place for, for Indian country, you know, mm -hmm. population for Indian country, you know, four or 5 million people or whatever. Um, there was no specific outlet just for, for Indian country to have a, a message board or a chat room. And that's what we became for um, young adults, youth and uh, adults as well. And it was, uh, it grew into something that, was beyond our control. <laughs> and that's how I'm laughing about it because uh, it, uh, it, it brought us, you know, we were doing three, four million hits a month. And it was all, you know, all this traffic that was based on the message board traffic. Um, ultimately, we ended up shutting it down because it got away from the, it got away, it took away from the website's original mm -hmm. mission. And of course, we took a, we took a hit in the terms of the traffic after that. And so now, fast forward, um, the website isn't something that uh, I guess you can say we really push as a product or so to speak. It's more like a placeholder um, to store information of Native American athletes and stories and stuff like that. But our real medium now is social media. And it, it just boggles my mind with social media because seven days a week, 365 days a year, we have content on our social media. It turns out Indian sports success isn't completely tied to athletics. When the sports world shut down due to the pandemic, the community showed up and came together in a big way. Pandemic started in March, sports shut down in, in March, and everything shut down. But since that time, this summer, which is typically a downtime for us, um, I mean, in the summer months alone, like uh, May, uh, May, June, July, I mean, we were doing almost in that in that span. We almost did eight million views in that span, which has never happened before. When we have sports, that's never happened before. So um, you know, so we our, our our concentration is really more on social media now with the Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter, and stuff like that. Um, and the website is kind of where when we. We do have stories that are that we can cover. Obviously, we're going to post it there, and we can share it from within our social media. But um, so that's kind of where where we've gone is mainly with social media because that's where everyone's at. And I imagine it makes things a lot easier nowadays. I mean, you were talking about going through painstaking work. I'm sure going through and sleuthing people's last names and and knowing there's a ton of athletes out there. Mm -hmm. um, but there's no coverage of them. And you guys are trying to solve that problem. 
to find them. I'm, I'm guessing it's a little bit easier now with social media, people kind of interacting with you. And, uh-huh. and how is that now in, in finding those stories and in, in spotlighting those athletes? I mean, it's great. I mean, I think, you know, I mean, we're, we're no different than any other type of product that you see out there. I mean, we take what's successful and continue with it. You know, uh, the social media has provided um, metrics that we weren't able to define before. You know, a lot of the stuff we do with Indian sports before was trial and error. Um, but, you know, with the metrics data that you get out of social media, who the, who the populace is, where they come from, and stuff like that. And, you know, we kind of gear our, I, I wouldn't say we gear our posts, but we certainly um, provide a little bit more information to those metrics just so we can keep it going. And that's probably helped us grow in, over the past three or four months as well. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say exactly the one thing that really makes us kind of grow, but we, we do um, wake up every day and our mission is the same as it was in 2000. We want to highlight and, and provide information about Native American athletes. And, you know, you see a lot of people start something and it's about them. And for John and I, it's never been about us. It's always, the focus has always been about this, about the athletes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think over the last 20 years, besides you, John, can you even remember anybody else that has wanted to find out about Indian sports and do a story over it? <laughs> And how many of those have we actually turned down too? You know, it's, 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 we're not trying to make ourselves famous. You know, we're trying to um, provide a medium to highlight athletes so they can be an inspiration to um, members of the reservation or other reservations as well to say, look, there's a kid, Isaiah Corbett Chandler at Wichita State University. He's playing division one basketball. If he can do it from the Pine Ridge reservation in South Dakota, then I can do it from whichever reservation that I'm at, you know, and that's the kind of the message we want to sell. And even with the professional athletes, you know, it's, it takes it a next step further. Um, you know, you had players like Jacoby Ellsbury from the Colorado River Indian tribes uh, uh, who played with the Boston Red Sox and won a couple of world series. Then he played with the Yankees. I mean, that's someone, a professional baseball player, a professional athlete, that's someone from a small community, in um, California, a rancheria community in California who can relate to say, look, this guy was native, he made it, I can do it. And that's kind of what the goal of Indian sports was, is just kind of provide that inspiration to indigenous communities to say, there are people playing division one athlete, college sports uh, and professional sports. And it's done, it's been done and it's being done right now. And, and so it's always been for us, really hard for us to talk about who we are and what we do and stuff like that, because we've always tried to keep the focus on, on um, the native athletes that we, that we have. But now the relationships we have with the people now, it's great. I mean, the social interaction before people never really knew who we were or what we did. And now when they, we have these conversations in the inbox with people, I mean, they just have all these wonderful things to say about, we do and how, how it impacts the, the student athletes. And, and uh, it's, it's, it's really kind of great to, to read and know that we're doing something positive and it's still something positive 20 years later. And you the know, this part was oh, one ahead. of the things that he just said, I went to, to some, I came, it was like a NIGA conference, National Indian Gaming Association. It was in Tulsa one year. <clears throat> and I met 
the the guy who played in the movie The Indian in the Cupboard. Okay. Is is name's Lightfoot. Okay. Okay. And I'm sitting there talking to him. Thought it was kind of cool. It was about the time the movie had it had been out for a while, but it was so hey, hey, that's Lightfoot. He goes, well, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm here. I'm just doing this and that. And I said, I'm trying to promote a football game. And it was a, a, a native all-star football game. And he goes, oh, you know what you need to do? You need to contact those guys from Indian Sports. Just go to IndianSports.com and talk to those guys. They'll know, I promise you. And I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> That's so Nobody knew who we were, but they knew who the website was. Well, that's you know getting back to it, you guys are are you know here what we're doing we're about representation and showing you know um you know boys and girls out there that you can you can become you know the these athletes you can become these photographers you know um you know all over the sports landscape and you guys are doing the same thing highlighting these athletes you know you can play this sport you can go here you can do this um you know i wanted to get in touch with you guys because i want to highlight the fact that you know those boys and girls out there, they can do what you're doing, um, starting this website and bringing, um, you know, just a wealth of representation to the community. Um, so what's that like? What, what does representation mean to you? You know, you talk about Tyler Jones um, and just, you know, the writers that you probably never even met, you know, the writers that are coming up and saw Indian sports and were like, oh, that's an avenue for me. Um, what does that mean to you guys um, to be that, you know, starting point for so many people? Well, when they first contact us, um, Brent should remember Terry Joe. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what year it was. It might have been about 2003-ish. Yeah, it was three. Uh, there, was a, there was a young lady named Terry Joe, and she was Navajo, and she kind of contacted us. And you can tell by the way she wrote an email to us that she was nervous. She was scared. She was, she was just like, well, I, I kind of want to – I don't know – and I – I don't know why she was nervous to talk to us because we had never had never had anybody talk to us before about trying to write and, and help cover kind of their area, the four corners area of the Navajo nation, which was like Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and Colorado. But she would know those coaches. Mm -hmm. She knows the high schools. She knows the conferences, the districts, the who's who. And it really kind of started with her. And that's where, you know, Brent had that. He's like, dude, we could all these people that come to Haskell and they're from all these different places. We can get them to do this stuff for us. Mm -hmm. That way we're not having to scroll through rosters and say Baker, Baker, Baker's a Choctaw name. And they go to school right outside of, of uh, the Choctaw nation right there on the boundary. And then finally get a picture and you're like, yeah, they're Brown. They have to be Indian. Look at them. <laughs> That's literally how it was done. And, you know, Terry Joe was one of our first, first, you know, correspondents that we had. And for us, we were learning what even the word correspondent was and, and what that entailed and what that meant for us and stuff like that. Um, you know, then we fast forward to Tyler Jones and, you know, he was this young 14 year old kid doing podcasts in the state of Oklahoma with every sports caster in the state. And I'm like, who is this kid? How does he know so many sports people? Not not athletes, but the 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 um, the sportscasters and the sports writers. They all knew Tyler Jones, and and so I was like, well, I can give him a bigger platform. And you know, he 
introduced me to one of his young photographers at the time. Um, and I said, yeah, I was like, if you guys want to go write and cover sports, you know, I need pictures and I need stories. And, and as college students, that, that's what they did. They took, their, took advantage of their opportunity to cover. I don't know if you remember some years ago, we had a, a famous Native American athlete. His name is Bronson Caney, and he played for the University of Wisconsin. And he made it, uh, his team made it all the way to the Final Four, which was the first time ever for a Native American athlete. Uh, him and Derek Willis at the time from the University of, uh, of Kentucky were two Native American athletes playing in the Final Four. I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, the, the division, NCAA Division I already says 0 .03, wait, 0.003% of Division I athletes are Native American. And to have two reach the Final Four, I mean, what are the odds of that? So Tyler would, would cover um, Bronson Caning as um, they would travel through the Midwest. You know, they would travel to games in Omaha or Oklahoma City, uh, wherever Wisconsin was playing on the road. And he would interview um, video interviews, and we have it on our YouTube. He would have inter video interviews with Bronson Caning, and, and that just kind of helped launch his career uh, into what he's doing now. And so we've been very fortunate um, to have these people who want to get in the trenches like we did because we didn't know. And, but we know, you know, we wanted to give the same people the same opportunities because with us, it's, it's, you can do it or you can, it's a secret, it's a sink or swim. So, you know, when you, people said they want to come and write and take pictures for us, it's like, no, we're not going to hold your hand. NDN Sports certainly spotlights Native American athletes, bringing far more exposure to truly great talents. But they also help launch the careers of those who cover the sports. Tyler Jones, a morning radio host at KLWN, is one of those reporters. He was given a great opportunity and a wealth of responsibility from his first day with Indian Sports. It was clear from the beginning, Brent and John were two people willing to trust the younger generation to cover these athletes. And, uh, my first paid job was actually right there from my high school. Um, with uh, Broken Arrow High School, they they hired me as a pl as play-by-play uh, -play announcer for our live video stream for uh, for all the different sporting events throughout the year, from basketball to baseball, softball, soccer, swimming. Did all that stuff, and uh, I was also doing a podcast as well um, called the Jones Report, which I still do to this day, and uh, and so through that, I'd met all sorts of people within the uh, Tulsa area and uh, you know, through the sports media universe and such. And, and uh, then uh, ended up going to Haskell there in Lawrence and uh, Brent Cowie uh, head of Indian sports. He'd heard about me and uh, that I was coming up there and, uh, and we connected, uh, found each other and connected. He followed me on Twitter and we finally met and, and uh, you know, really hit it off. And I was writing for the student newspaper and then uh, shortly after, he's like, hey, you want to do some stuff with me, you know, cover uh, uh, some more uh, stuff on a bigger scale of, uh, of Native American sports and such. I said, yeah, absolutely. And so the uh, first thing I did for him was an interview with uh, Tyler Bray, the former Chiefs backup quarterback, he used to play at the University of Tennessee for a uh, NFL Play 60 event. And uh, he was working specifically, he's Native, and he was also working with Native American youth. And uh, it was a really cool event. Got to meet Tyler Bray. And I was just 18 years old. And, and uh, Brent was pretty happy with how that went. And so then he started having me cover games and events. And, and uh, you know, I've been doing that 
you know, since my freshman year, just part-time every once in a while doing from uh, covering games and, you know, whether it's writing stories or features or uh, doing interviews or whatever it may be. We're working on a big project right now for Native American Heritage Month. And uh, I just did it this past week, a 30-minute video interview with uh, Steve Weish of the NFL Network. And uh, he's Native, and so we got to talk about his background and you know, different issues among Natives in the uh, in the sports world and such. And so that was really cool. Got to talk about all that with him and just had all sorts of opportunities to connect and meet people and, and uh, do my part and help grow the brand and just reach out there and tell people stories. And, and uh, through Indian sports, I've gotten to – go a lot of places we uh we broadcasted uh last year the uh indigenous uh all-star high school football game and uh out in uh the Saboba reservation in california and uh, so that was a lot of fun did that there covering you know ncaa tournament games college world series nfl games uh all sorts of stuff because indian sports are working with brent and it's uh, been a fantastic opportunity certainly enjoyed it and I know uh, talking from Brent and Joe, it was something where when they started it, they were like sports journalism. We don't know. We're just, we're just, we know that this needs to be out there. We know that we need to cover um, Native American sports and, and athletes and, and, and all of this. And so they kind of learned on the fly. And it sounds like you did the same, but you're coming from a, a standpoint where you're 18 years old and you're cutting your teeth, you know, um, instead of in a book, you're out there and you're covering these sports. How instrumental was it? Um, you know, being able to just be hands-on. Uh, oh, yeah. It was baptism by fire. I mean, on the biggest stage, you know, here I was within my first semester of my freshman year, um, you know, covering an NFL game. You know, the, the Chiefs and the Jets was the very first game I did. And uh, I even remember sending my mom a photo that said, Mama, I made it. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, I can't believe this, you know. And, and uh you know, our work just continually got better and better as time went along. And I appreciate one of the things with Brent was he allowed me to grow. You know, I mean, um, he, he was never very the critical type. He was more so just throw around some ideas, you know, hey, let's do something like this and such. And, um, you know, just gave me that platform to be able to learn along the way to get better and figure out what I liked and what I wanted to do. So, I appreciate Brent for just allowing me to grow, to have patience with me and, and uh, you know, go from there. And uh, I think, you know, it's been great for both of us. Not only has he been able to have me work with him and, and uh, do these stories and, you know, help you know, promote these athletes and, and such, but uh, also for me just to grow as a journalist, you know, I mean, uh, my day job, I, I do a radio show here in Lawrence and uh, do a morning show and, um, you know, I don't write a whole lot for that, um, being on air and such, but what it has done is when I've needed to write, I've become a much better writer for broadcast, um, for my day job by being able to write for Indian sports and figure out what sounds good and go, you know, that type of route of sorts. So it's, it's been a win-win for all parties involved. And how important is it, um, to have a website like that? Um, because, there is a dearth of coverage um, for, you know, like you said, Steve Weish, um, any number of athletes, reporters, journalists that people will be like, oh, I didn't, you know, they n- might not normally know um, that they might come from Native American communities. Um, how important is it to have that brand, to have something like Indian sports um, that can cover these types of things? 
So it's it's funny you bring that up because uh, I remember asking myself that when we started. I'm like, what, why are we doing this? What's the purpose? You know, just still trying to figure out. And uh, I remember I, I had a uh, a good friend of mine that shortly after I started, uh, I, I ran into him at a game that we were covering. Uh, Lakota Betty, she uh, she played for Oklahoma State. And uh, she was playing against Kansas. And uh, I, I wanted he, – he and his son were there to cheer on her in Oklahoma State. And, uh, and they weren't OSU fans or anything. And so I'm like, you know what, we need to – this is a unique situation. There's not very many, you know, just fans that are not affiliated with the team going to road games and stuff like that. Well, I, I want to get a quote and you know, just talk to him. He said that, you know um, – she is showing that my son can be like that and do that. And that somebody that looks like him um, can make it, that he can get there, that he can be at that stage, be a role model, be an example. And that's when it hit me, like, this is why we do this. You know, this is a, you know, to show that, hey, you know, there's people in these native communities, um, you know, some of them, some of these reservations seem like third world countries. Um, you know, I've been to, you know, a couple, a few different reservations, you know, over the last few years. And, and, uh, you know, just it's eye opening and you wonder, you ask yourself those questions, are you going to be able to get out of here? Can you make it? Can you be successful? And just to point out these athletes and giving them the potential, the, this attention, um, it displays to those native communities. Hey, there's somebody that can be like you. There's opportunities for you that you can be successful in that, uh, have those role models and point out and give them that attention. Um, I think that's what it's all about, quite frankly, is uh, you just just show and, and a spotlight that next group for people to, to see that, you know, hey, we're still here and we're thriving. That's, yeah, the representation is, is so important. Um, and, you know, something we didn't touch upon in, in my, my uh, previous uh, interview is the power of sports, you know, with like you said, life is hard on a number of reservations um, in these communities. How big is sports, um, both being kind of, you know, a motivational thing and, and also being a respite? Well, I've always looked at sports as a uh, good teacher of, uh, you know, what resembles life. You know, I mean, what I, I think our country can be reflected a lot within the sports world. And I think that directly applies to these Native American communities. You know, when you play on a sports team, that's your family. You know, you're, you're tight-knit. You know, you travel together, you eat together, you live together. Um, you know, I, I think when you look in these Native communities that, you know, they, they're big sports fans because, you know, it goes back to themselves. That's what they do. You know, they're playing, you know, res ball, you know, playing some, you know, hooping in the backyard all the time. You know, some of the best – football players, most aggressive guys out there, you know, are, are native kids, um, whether it's getting around the soccer ball or whatever it may be, sports are a big part of their lives. And for some of them, it's the only thing that they have. Um, you know, one of the things I love about college athletics, what it does just as a whole is, you know, providing these scholarships as the only way out for some kids um, that, you know, they might not be able to afford to get to college otherwise without, you know, if they got the chance to play sports. And so I think for these kids, they see it as, you know, hey, if I get good at this, I have a chance to make it and I can give back to my family, give back to my community. 
I don't, I can't tell you how many athletes I've talked to that when I ask, you know, Hey, what, what are you thinking about your career when you're done? Um, you know, when, if, when things finally wrap up, when, you know, the, the career is finished, what do you want to do? And probably at least half of them say, I want to go back home and I want to work with uh, the next kids from where I'm at and show them what I know and that they can make it and that they can do it. Um, or they want to do camps, you know, specifically with natives or give back of some sorts. I think that's important. I think it's that, that family aspect that sports teaches that these players, you know, go back into their own communities and deliver. I know that was kind of a long answer to go about, but I, I think I'd, we're, we're on the same page there. No, that, that's perfect. Um, and actually, a little bit of background on you um, before I forget. How old are you now? And also, go a little bit into your personal history as far as when did you start with KLWN? Like, when did that, um, when did your own personal evolution, I guess, go from, you know, sports reporting to now having the morning show? And um, what were your steps um, for you? For so, your um, so originally from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and uh, moved up here when I was 18. Within the first week when I moved to Lawrence, uh, I got hired at, at KLWN as a board op, which is working weekends, behind the scenes, pushing buttons, making sure the station doesn't go off the air. Uh, I mean, making, you know, uh, you know, nine bucks an hour. Just uh, nice, you know, just to pay, you know, so I can eat at McDonald's every once in a while. Um, you know, that was, that was my job in college there for a couple of years, you know, doing that and, and uh, also doing some stuff for Brent, the student newspaper and all that. And then, um, they quickly noticed my talent and my work ethic. And within a year, um, I got my own weekly show of sorts that I was starting to do during football season. And that turned into getting a weekend show and more time on air and a few other things here and there. And then, uh, after all that, I uh, I ended up doing uh, move, moving to weekday mornings uh, about two years ago, and been there ever since. And I mean, the the station's been incredible of what I've gotten to do with that. I mean, from covering the University of Kansas to the Chiefs as well to you know Sporting KC, NASCAR, been all sorts of places. Um, you know, whether it was the you know the NCAA tournament or you know the PGA Championship or uh, so many different things uh, from from that job. Uh, I've loved every bit of it, um, and uh, so that's kind of how I got there. And you know, I did this all while going to Haskell. Eventually, uh, you know, Haskell's only got a media program, so I eventually went to KU after that and uh, worked completely while I was in school. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of how things went from there, and and still get to call games from time to time. So I'm probably working between doing you know my radio job to calling games uh locally in kansas city uh on tv to uh doing my podcast and doing stuff for brent i'm probably doing like 60 hours a week of media work but it's it's not work to me it's fun you know it's what i want to do and and uh you know just love it you know and hopefully uh it pays off to something bigger down the line so and um you know and speaking with brent my last question is you know they said, oh, hey, you know, I think the, a few years ago he was thinking, hey, I got to wrap up, you know, the website, you know, what, what, what more can I do kind of thing. But that's something he always, he's always kind of thinking. Um, but it's, it's a passion of his that, that never goes away. Where do you think Indian sports or, you know, not necessarily that brand, but, but you know, coverage of, 
Native American communities and, and their the sports landscape therein. Where do you hope it, it is five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Um, yeah. Um, I, I would love to see us, you know, find some investor or some funding of some sorts to really just go out there and hammer this deal. Um, you know, to be able to travel more and cover these athletes and, and uh, continue to tell their stories one way or the other. Um, and, you know, really, really expand a bit too, because, you know, Brent and I are in Lawrence um, and most of our guys are within Oklahoma or Arkansas and that range. We're all relatively close, you know, in this, you know, the heartland country. I would love to see us be able to do more stuff on the West and the East coast. There's so many kids out there in those communities that probably don't get the coverage just because we, we don't have that ability like we would like to. Um, so that's eventually what I'd like to see is be able for us to expand out a little bit more, have some more money behind us to really go out there and, and hammer this. And, and uh, you know, one, one of the main guys that works with us, uh, Reed Williams, he's uh, one of my best friends who I met at Haskell and, and uh, he's our lead photographer. Um, you know, Reed, I think, wants to, you know, maybe one day it's me and him leading the charge here and, and uh, pushing this thing and take it to the next level or something. But, um, you know, we'll do anything we can, whatever we can to help out this brand and help tell those stories of those out there. NDN Sports has been around for 20 years. When I asked the founder what's next, it's clear that they still have big aspirations for a website that has already done so much. Well, Seven I, years I, ago, Brent said that we can't do this forever, so I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think what's next is, is something that, uh, you know, we wake up every day almost in or every sports season and say what are we doing different this year what are we what are we doing that's unique you know and we always try to be a little cutting edge with the technology and stuff like that i mean when we were doing um and, and when we were doing uh, and that's probably because of my background uh, when we were doing interviews at the say the uh, big 12 um men's basketball tournament uh, with some native athletes that play in the Big 12 men's basketball. I think it was about four or five years ago, maybe. And I'm a big technology junkie. I mean, I'm always got, I mean, I go through new phones every year, not because they go broke, but because it's the newest thing. Yeah. And, you know, whatever I learn for technology, I implement it in, because uh, that's what I do in my work as well. I take technology and implement it for business practices, procedures. So when I see a new technology, um, I try to implement it right away. And so back, I think it was about four or five years ago now, um, I was at the Big 12 Championships and we were doing interviews with athletes in the media areas that we're supposed to and stuff. And, you know, um, and we've gotten to know different writers and sports personnel um, over the years as well. We did our interview and we got it wrapped up. One of the media person comes up and like, what are you, what are you recording with? I'm like, well, I said, I'm just using my phone. They're like, well, how, how, are you, um, how are you doing this? I was like, well, if you go to the manual settings on this particular model of phone, you can change 
you know, to make sure it's still recording in 1080 and you got your white balance and you got your uh, manual focus and, and lighting. And uh, I was like, well, how are you doing the interview? And they're like, well, we have uh, mobile media microphones that are wireless that connect to the phone. And so we don't have to use big $10,000 cameras and we don't have to use $300 mics, you know? So we started, you know, we were the first to kind of like get out there and really implement mobile media because our medium is for mainly the web anyways. So we don't need to go over really 720 or 1080 anyways. Uh, no one's streaming at that level higher than 1080. So, um, and then it was funny, the two years after that, um, I see um, some ESPN sports broadcasters the next year using their iPhone with a microphone <laughs> hooked up to it and i'm just like it's a rudimentary we we're like hey hey they stole that <laughs> exactly it's like it was and it was andy katz you know and it's just like you know he was you know that's what we were doing two years ago at the big 12 and here he is now he's got a and now you see the whole industry kind of move to oh we can just use our mobile phones now it's like well we were doing that you know five four or five years ago with smartphones and, and uh uh and that's kind of how we do like a lot of our interviews now and stuff like that. And so moving forward, you know, what Indian sports is going to be like in the next 10, 20 years, you know, obviously John and I aren't the same young college students that we were and stuff like that. And we would still like to, to see it to continue to grow and provide everything that it does and reach all areas of Indian country, you know, with 573 tribal nations, I know we haven't covered them all. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just so many to cover and we would still like to, to do that, but we also like to see maybe this something grow into something where we could do it full time. Mm -hmm. And that will be something that, you know, John and I will sit down and, 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 and discuss, um, you know, I think for both of us, as we're in the middle of our careers and our kids are almost winding out of schools, you know, we'll be able to develop more time to say, uh, one left. Yeah. I got two left, <laughs> one John's left. got one and, you know, we'll be able to sit down and say, hey, maybe we can do this something full time and, and, and get some partnerships or whatever needs to be done. And that's a whole area that we don't even know. But again, over the years, if there's anything that John and I have learned is, you know, what we don't know, we'll figure out. In the beginning, the guys needed a lot of help. Content isn't going to write itself. Patients with writers who weren't sports reporters helped Indian sports become what it is today. And as is the mantra, sometimes you have to fail so big, so hard, that people ask, how the hell did you just do that? Every time we talk about the interviews or I see Tyler or, or Brent or anybody doing the interviews, it always takes, I'm, and Brent will remember, we actually interviewed Kelvin Sampson when he was the head basketball coach at OU. And I... He's talking about wireless Bluetooth mics and all this other stuff. And I was using a landmine that I called him on. And it was my first interview. Kind of like he said, nobody told us what to do or how to do it. But after we got done with the interview, I asked him, I said, you know, I said, sir, I'm sorry. I said, I'm, this is my first time to ever do this. And, and he knew about the website. He goes, well, I'm, you know, I'm glad you guys did it. And he gave me pointers. <laughs> Kelvin Sanson gave me pointers on how to interview somebody. And I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. I probably should have done that. That's so awesome. Those yeah. guys that, that were in those positions that, that, that were the athletes and the, and the head coaches and stuff like that, that we did interview, they, they 
most of the time those people were receptive. Those people were helpful. Those were the people that were the nicest people to help us become better sports reporters, to be better sports analysts or whatever you want to call us. That's but that, that interview always sticks out to me because he was like, well, next time do this, next time do this, do this, recorder, you know, questions, blah, 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 blah. Maybe stick to this more so than this. Maybe just some parting words or, you know, um, or advice or anything like John just gave us and stuff like that. It's a great story. Uh, is, you know, whatever it is, you're, uh, you're, the, way, the only way you're going to get better is you're going to fail. You have to expect that you're going to fail. Don't expect that everything's going to be uh, perfect because you learn more from your mistakes than your wins. And so that's why I say when people come to write for us, it's sink or swim. I mean, I literally throw them to the Lions. You know, when Tyler said he wanted to write for me, I sent him to the Kansas City Chiefs game to cover a Native American athlete. He had never been to a pro- cover a professional sports game in his life. Um, so uh, you're going to fail and just learn to embrace it, learn from your mistakes and, and get better the next time and next and the next time and the next time until it just becomes a routine and it becomes easier. And I think that's probably just some words of advice I would offer anybody who's wanting to become a, uh, whatever your career is, you know, you have to try it. You have to do it. You know, people think, people think we learned what we did in college or we went to school for it. It's like, no, we didn't, you know, you have to, you have to try it. That's the only way you're going to succeed. And even the people that do go for school um, for this, when they get out of school, a lot of them are unprepared for what they're going into because they never worked in that environment. They've only been exposed to it through um, meeting notes or class notes or textbooks. And I was like, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ball game in, in the, in the sports media world than what you learn in the classroom. And the only way you're going to learn and get better uh, or make money from it is is to get out and do it. So start with high school games. You know, start with local college games, junior college games, and just practice your skills and get better. And, and don't limit yourself to just recording video or doing interviews. You know, learn how to do uh, graphics. Learn how to do video editing. You know, and enhance your skills and stuff like that. Because we have to do all that in house. You know. Uh, John and I ourselves, and luckily, like I said, with the ad- invention of technology with apps on our smartphones, and uh, it, it makes it a lot easier now than it was ten, you know, ten years ago when I'm having to teach myself Photoshop. <laughs> Don't be afraid to go big. Fail so bad that people wonder how the hell you did it. We call it failtacular. Fail so big and so hard that people go, how, how, how did you even do that? <laughs> Fuego Podcast is edited by Dylan Wren. I'm your host, Gabe Zaldivar. If you like the show, you can help support it in a tremendous way by liking, following, and subscribing across your favorite streaming services. Give a comment or a five-star rating. With your support, you're helping give some of sports' greatest stories the spotlight they deserve. Next week, we do just that, pulling back the curtain on a rather uplifting sports story you might not know about.